Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash SLM. That's Sensibly Loud Media, SLM, and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title. It's free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash SLM and get started now. Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have Josh and Kyle in the studio and we're bringing back Acceptance Edition. I have moved through my five stages of grief with the West, Russell Westbrook trade and I'm finally ready to talk about it. I finally accepted it. So I'm back out of my cave to discuss with my guys. What's up, Kyle? <laughs> Dude, I'm glad to see you look good, cleaned up a little bit. I was expecting the uh, the Survivor beard, man. You've been gone for a little while. Uh, excited to hear about the adventures in bear encounters that I want no, no part of, but <laughs> through your stages of grief, man, I'm excited for you. Uh, you know, Vegas has you guys pinned in at 31 wins. Can't wait. Good Lord. That's the lowest it's been since they've been in OKC probably. Right. But um, is that, is that an actual stat that I yeah. just, yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's the lowest they've been since they've been in OKC. I just came with up with that off the top of my head. So I'm back in full, full form already, baby. <laughs> ready. Um, ready for this new SGA Gallinari look. Dude, I really like SGA. I really like him a lot. And I'm excited for that. To be honest with you, I feel, I've been telling everybody, people will ask me about it all the time, and I'll tell them I'm more excited to see what our young players can do than to lose in the first round after paying the highest luxury tax in the league every year. Yep. And they're not going to be statues this year. They're actually going to have, you know, ball movement perhaps. But tell, tell us a little bit about where your interests have taken you over these last – I feel like the last maybe six to eight weeks you've been on some pretty – pretty crazy adventures i mean looking at the pictures you're sending us i mean i'm jealous of where you've been so i went to my boss and i laid down the trade papers in front of him and i said i need a sabbatical and he said i can understand where you're coming from and so <laughs> i took i had three weeks off in a row so we we went to uh glacier national park we went to yellowstone national park we went to um grand tetons and then i went with my family to tucson and i'm finally back from that so all with wild animals i'm uncomfortable around except, except for tucson <laughs> tucson's tucson's all right it's pretty heavily populated <laughs> but it is hot dude the crazy thing about tucson so we went down to um i'm my family lives in douglas arizona which is like right on the on the border as a matter of fact we drove five minutes and went over into the border in mexico and i paid four dollars for shrimp tacos for like 10 of them <laughs> so uh we went and ate over there but it's it's like 110 degrees there every day, but they literally don't have air conditioners in their car and they just drive down the road with the windows down and it's, it feels good. Like it, it's better than air conditioning here because there's no humidity. That's true. That's true. The humidity is a huge factor because I'm just sitting in my house complaining about it being 73 degrees and me being uncomfortable. So I always got to think it could be a little bit worse. Right, right, dude. No, it's, it's, it's not, it's pretty nice. I actually like that. I played basketball in uh, Tucson all growing up and we'd go out and, be on the blacktop in the middle of the summer in 110 degrees and you'd get off the court and you wouldn't be have sweat at all because it just immediately evaporates off your body. It's crazy. Dude, one of these days I'm going to take you up on going out to a national park with you. Uh, there's a video that if our listeners haven't seen it, it's just, just Google Bar Marshawn Lynch with Bear Grylls. And that's how I, <laughs> that's how I, have you seen that video? That's yeah. how I, yeah, I, I love the video. As you just telling me to go do this. And I'm like, no, nah, hell no, I'm not, I'm yeah. not doing that. <laughs> 
there that's the thing is like when you get in the woods like that it's like the first night that we were in we were we went to banff a month ago uh maybe a little bit more than a month ago we went to banff national park in canada and we hiked up this monster trail and got there i looked down at my uh at my because i've got a garmin it's like a really high-tech fitbit but it's like made for hiking i looked right. down at it and said you've climbed over 400 flights of stairs today and i was like holy cow just from hiking up the side of this mountain right and so we get into this place that's uh just gorgeous but you're so gassed that you like can't even look at it and be like man that's really amazing i'm just like i wish i would have done this <laughs> but um we we packed in all of our stuff right so we each we have like 35 pounds on our back um, and then we set up tents and everything and you eat a little bit. Honestly, when I'm in the woods, I eat very little just because I don't know, your body goes into some sort of sort of mode where it's never hungry. And I'm laying there and we're going to, we're going to sleep and it gets so cold, dude. And the stuff that we packed was for about 40 degrees, but it feels like it's getting below freezing. As a matter of fact, it froze overnight at that elevation. And at one point I was like, dude, I'm going to die. I like, this is the end. And I turned to Anna Anna, my wife was laying beside me and I was like, I love you. And I didn't tell her the ne- until the next day. Yeah, I thought we were going to die. I thought that was the end of it. So it's like you can get out there and it, it just kind of resets everything because it makes you come back in the, into um, like civilization. You go, holy cow, this Coke is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. So it kind of like resets who you are. It's really cool. Once again, it fails job for you. Make me feel like I'm going to potentially die and be eaten by a brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never I've never actually seen a bear on the trail. I think I saw a black bear far away once. I've never seen a grizzly on the trail. I've never seen anything like right on the trail, but that's one of my bucket list things. I want to see I want to like run into a bear on the trail. I guess if I know if I'm if I'm faster than everybody else I'm going with, that gives me the best chance to survive if shit really hits the fan. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you just bust out a 4-2 out of nowhere, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> Mostly NFL speed all, all this whole time. So here's what would actually happen is I'd have prepped you and I'd have said, Hey, you got to get really big. You got to get your arms up in the air. You got to start insulting the bear. You got to tell the bear stuff like dude, your mom probably didn't do much sleeping last hibernation season. Did she? <laughs> and then I would be there doing that counting on you being behind me and you'd be I'm gone. And the position. bear would just be like, yeah, no, you'd be gone. You'd have left. <laughs> and the bear would just be like, I'm taking this guy out. It's only yeah. one. So that's what would actually happen. If anything happened, it would be that. Oh, I think we would make a good partnership in the woods. How, what do you think about the uh, the Russell Westbrook, James Harden? What do you think that's going to look like? Dude, it's it's really interesting um, to me because we we did this two years ago to a lesser degree where we said, why are they bringing in Chris Paul? They have two ball-dominant guys. Like James Harden the, has the highest usage rate in the entire league. Why are they bringing in Chris Paul? Mm-hmm. But now – we bring in, we tra- we they just up the ball dominance. Hold my bear. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was like. Um, honestly, watching a lot of film on Russ, watching a lot of film on James Harden, um, watching a lot of film on Chris Paul. Russ is Russ is a little bit younger than Chris Paul, still more athletic. He doesn't explode upwards the way that he used to, and you see that with. I'm sure his, I didn't even look at his dunk rates, but it's um, still above average. It's it, uh, it, yeah, it's above average, but you don't see him like drive the lane and jump up and hit his face on the rim, you know, and, and slam it in front of everybody. A lot of it's like finishing at the rim, but he's finishing through contact and he has the horizontal acceleration to the rim. He still has that. He doesn't have the vertical explosion that he used to have. Right. And we saw that in the playoffs, man. It was pretty evident that you had this guy 
um, especially this old school player guarding Damian Lillard and Lillard guarding him right back. This old school player that was all about just getting to the rim and pulling up for mid range shots. That was what was, you know, when Russell was young, his entire, uh, his entire repertoire was getting to the rim. And then he added a mid range shot, which was like, like, how are you going to stop this guy? He's got to pull up mid range seven seconds. Yeah, exactly. He's got to, <laughs> exactly. He's got to pull up mid range. How are you going to stop him? You can't step up on him. Well, that pull up mid range now for the new players is a pull up three. Right. right. It's not a it's not a mid range that if you hit it at 40 percent of the time, it yields you one point two points per possession. It's a pull up three where if you hit it at 40 percent of the time, it yields you one point seven points. Right. And he can only hit it 26 percent of the time is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it's here's what's going to the the ultimate bottom line for Russ and Chris Paul, the trade. Um, I posed the question originally is Russell Westbrook really two first round picks better than Chris Paul? Um, cause it's, there's not a doubt in my mind that Russell Westbrook is better than Chris Paul and, right now. And their contracts are similar enough. Yeah. Their contracts are similar. Otherwise the, the money wouldn't have worked. Right. My answer is yes. I actually think, cause I, I'm that low on Chris Paul right now at this point in his career. Yeah. So I want to give you my highlights cause I don't want to tell the audience my on this again. This is, we want to get your reaction cause you're an OKC guy. You're this basketball mind at this company. So here's my kind of highlights on my thoughts was one defense is obviously going to be a concern, but can the offense uh, equalize that? Cause I think they're going yeah. to be probably the best offensive backcourt with clay being out. Yeah. Um, two, I think it's going to really well in D'Antoni's system regular season wise for Russ, because Russ is still to me, a top five to 10 player in transition in the NBA. His half court is where in the playoffs that we've seen an issue and seen the first round bounce. And um, I do think them being longtime friends and playing AAU ball together is huge. But the, the point I really wanted to drive you um, that I think you're going to agree with is the reason this is so interesting to me is these two guys out of all the superstars we have in the NBA, right? Aside from maybe AD have the most to gain from a championship at this point in their career to define their legacy. Giannis is young. He has plenty of time and B's young. He has plenty of time. I would even say AD is young. If James Harden or Russell Westbrook get one championship versus zero, they have the most to gain for their for their long-term legacy out of any players in the league and they're on the same team together which is really intriguing yeah that's a really good point honestly i hadn't thought about that i was um, pretty proud of that so i want to run it by you <laughs> is it is it weird to me that i feel like a championship does more for james harden legacy than it does russell westbrook's no you, it's not do you, weird do you let me ask you this who got careers end right now who has the greater legacy? Who's higher on your top 30 of all time list? Or I don't even know if either of them would make a top 30. Who's higher on your top 100 of all time list? I reluctantly say James Harden. Dude, I kind of feel that way too, but it's hard to, I, I think that if you. Russ's stats are better for sure. Dude, yeah. If you look back and you go, this guy averages a triple double over three years, you know? And, and the one, the MVP season, he did 30, 11 and 10 and his percentages were good. And the thing is, if Harden was more of like a high percentage volume score, I would go, I would say it's a no brainer. But I would still lean to, towards Harden because he's overall more efficient and more dominant of an offensive player. But his percentages aren't as great as people think. Uh, they're both not great defensive players. But the thing is, is Russ is a really good passer. Even though Harden is too, he just like Harden hasn't had you know three or four seasons in a row where he's been plus. So I would I would lean towards lean towards Harden still though if they retire today. And either one of them, though, if they get a championship, boosts them probably 30 to 40 spot on legacy. Yeah. Like, you could take 
Russ from like 50th greatest player to like 20th with one ring. Hmm. Man, that's that'd be really high. Um, this is the only play you, you mentioned passing. The only point of Russell Westbrook's game that's still absolutely no questions asked elite is his passing. Yes, that's the only that's the only place because his scoring used to be elite. It's not elite anymore, I wouldn't say. Um, he still has every single pass in the book. His, his turnover rate is a little bit higher than Chris Paul, but mm-hmm. I think that's because he knows how much of a good passer he is. And all the greats have high turnover rates, except right. for probably Chris Paul. Honestly, I was looking at turnover rate or assisted turnover rates of all time. Yeah, like Magic Johnson had a really high turnover rate. Like mm-hmm. The greatest passers in the history of the league have high turnover rates like Russell Westbrook, except for Chris Paul. But so it's going to be really interesting in regards to who do you have carrying the majority of the of the usage? Do you, do I you, think- do you alternate their minutes and not let them play together? No, I think they play together, but I think they both average about 37 to 38 minutes and they're on the court together for 28 to 30. I think you're going to have times where they're both running the show, but ultimately I think James needs to have more possessions. I think he needs the ball in his hand just a little bit more. I want to see Russ's shot attempts go down a little bit and his points go down a little bit. That's okay. Still lead the league in assists because he's been doing that. Lead the league in assists, average 20 to 21, bite the bullet and take five less shots. You're going to get better shots because guys have to worry about James Harden and other three-point shooters on that team. You're going to get better shots. Just pick and choose. And I, I think that's a recipe for success. And Vegas has them, I believe, at 52, which I'm over that. I think they're going to be close to a 60-win team if they figure this thing out. Yeah, a sixty win. You said close to. I think. I think fifty. They're, I think they're above fifty-two. I think they're probably a fifty-six to fifty-seven win team. Do they have a chance of being the number one overall seed throughout the entire? Oh, absolutely, season? absolutely. Clippers, I think, will will rest guys more as will the Lakers. You think so? I've got mm-hmm. so. Well, what about the entire NBA? What do you, What do you? What do you? What would you do compared to the Bucks? Yeah. So if we're just going wins, I'm not talking about my power rankings. You're talking about total wins. Total wins. Bucks are, Bucks are going to be number one. I would go Bucks one, Houston two, and probably Philly three, just because the East is is a little less loaded. I mean, West, you don't really have any games off. Yeah, I won't start my Giannis love affair quite yet during this pod, my first podcast Dude, back. Right, I love Giannis. I love Giannis, man. I'm glad you didn't listen to the last ones because I said I, I made a point about Giannis is definitely working harder than anybody in the offseason right now. Dude, for sure. 100%, for sure, bro. No doubt in my mind. He is the closest thing that we've seen to the Kobe mentality since Kobe. He's going to just come back and average four. He's going to be a 40% three point shooter next Dude, year. I promise you, he will shoot <laughs> like, better than 30. Be like, write this down, Josh Bristow. He will shoot better than 35% from the three point line next year. He and it's will. not even the three, bro. If he can just hit that 18 to 19 foot or have like a little step back or, you know, catch it with one hand on the block and just be able to just elevate and shoot, it's over, dude. If he has like that KD elbow game, it's over. Yeah. Yeah, but back to back to the uh, Houston thing. With that aside, um, I think what you have to do is because Russell can't. We've never seen Russell play off the ball. Honestly, to take Russell off the ball, it takes away everything that he's elite at. Now you can't like the things that here he is elite at are finding cutters, um, getting out in transition, and finding people going to the rim or um, or going to the corners. He's a lead at coming off the pick and roll and having that left-handed slingshot into the yep. into the paint. He's yep. a lead at driving into the paint and dropping down a a behind the um behind the defender's back pass to the big who slams it. He's a lead at those things. He's not a lead at shooting the three. He's not a lead at 
catching and making people catching the ball with somebody rotating at him and making them pay. Right. He could be. He could be. But that's really the only situation that I see Russell Westbrook being elite is if he gets the ball and somebody's rotating at him, he could make somebody pay by going to the rim and then making the right pass, right? Right. So if you take the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands, he's going to get worse. Um, my James Harden used to play off the ball a lot. I'm wondering if – because I do think that you can get more out of James Harden with hit the ball in his hands. Like we've seen that the past, Correct. past three years, right? So James Harden's gets better, but you make Russell Westbrook worse. Or you can make Russell Westbrook better – and make James Harden maybe a little bit worse. We, we're not sure if that would right. look like. Well, that we would don't know. I, right. So my thought here is the way that this offense is going to look is you have a lot of versatility because what Russ is still the best at in the league to me, aside from probably LeBron, is penetrate and kick. And when yeah. you penetrate and kick in OKC, okay, you had Paul George, great. But you also have – I know he wasn't there last year because he's hurt, but you, got, you have Roberson, you have Ferguson, you have Jeremy Grant. It's like, okay, well, now when you drive and kick – you're going to have James Harden, who's as good of a shooter as Paul George, if not better. You're going to have P.J. Tucker, who's a knockdown corner shooter. You're going to have Eric Gordon. You're going to have Austin Rivers. You have better shooters on this team. And Clint Capella is probably a better rim runner than Steven Adams. So you're going to have the lob effect there as well. So I think there's going to be three looks to this offense. There's one where Russ is driving and kicking. And I think Harden, if he develops the comfortability of being a catch-and-shoot guy, that's going to be perfect because he shoots 36% on – fade away step back threes it's like if this guy yeah. catch and shoot probably shoots 42 percent yeah and then there's going to be the look where harden's going to do his thing get to the free throw line and russ is going to have to you know be comfortable with not getting the ball every possession and you know rest let your athleticism stay in the tank let your endurance you know actually be there in game 81 and 2 at the end of the year and getting ready for the playoffs and then another thing that i think is going to be pretty dangerous here is think about this. What if Russ is playing point guard and you have Harden set the pick? What do you do? You And you lo- you you break, break down pick and roll better than anyone I know, Josh. So you're going to go under that because you're going to let Russ shoot, right? Like yeah, you're not going to sure. go over it. You're going to go under it. Russ is still quick enough to get past that guy, in my opinion. That was what he made his living on was the fact that he could split that double team regardless of whether it was going under or over. And right. I still think he can do that. So you can pick and pop with, uh, with Harden or – you know, there's a potential where you drive and you get past everyone. Big man has to collapse, and now you have a lob to Capella. So I think a pick and roll with Harden setting the pick, which is very strange, could be really effective. Yeah, that small ball pick and roll works really, really well in small doses. Small, small doses ball, that, you, that can't yeah. be the the bulk of your offense. Agree with otherwise, that. you the, the James Harden's taking elbows in the stomach every single <laughs> right. time. Right, you can't yeah, have James I, Harden getting hit by Boogie Cousins and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's what, I mean, a lot of teams will really shy away from that, uh, from that like tough mentality where like what OKC did, uh, Golden State in 2016, where they just beat the crap out of Steph mm-hmm. Curry and Clay Thompson whenever they moved without the ball. It'll, they'll shy away from it during the regular season and then turn it on in the postseason. So I hope that Dan Tony doesn't say, doesn't do that a whole lot and then go, man, this is really working for us and then get bounced in the, in the first round because they find out, they're going to beat the crap out of them on those on those picks, you know? I hate to say it. I think this is a great regular season team. Yeah, I got to agree with that. You know, which is a typical – which is what we've seen out of Houston. But at the end of the day, are they better with Russell Westbrook than Chris Paul? Yes. I think they're five to six wins better. 
Yeah, I would agree with that, especially if Russell Westbrook plays some defense, which D'Antoni's right. not the guy that gets people to play no. defense. Um, that's a big concern that I have. Maybe Russ and, and, and Harden will push each other to be better defensive players because they can't, you know, with their defensive, you know, effort these last three years, you, if they put that together on the court at the same time and you're playing against teams like the Blazers, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, because that's that was the first team that I thought of whenever you said, "Is this the best backcourt in the in the league?" Um, with that, with Clay out, it still that, is. It was it was my my thought was, are they better than Blazers? Um, but yeah, I can I can understand where you're coming from because like, I'll go ahead. Tell you, the be- the best defensive backcourt is Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Dude, that is a really good really good segue actually because I've been watching a lot of Donovan Mitchell film. Um, that's a great defensive backcourt. You know, we've, we've compared Mike Connolly constantly to, uh, to Dwayne Wade, young Dwayne Wade, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, compared him constantly to young Dwayne Wade. I've been watching a lot of Donovan Mitchell film specifically this year's film, because this year, a lot of people will say that he had a sophomore slump. I think it's pretty evident that that, that did happen just with his, uh, efficiency ratings. His PIE on NBA.com is 11.7, which is a lot below league average. But he was putting some rough situations where there's not a lot of other scores on that team. So I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. His numbers were still decent, but this is going to be the year where he's got to make that jump to, okay, I'm going to be 25 points per game, still potentially lead the league deals. And now that I have more quality players around me, you know, show my, show my ceiling. I, I have concerns as to whether or not he will do that with Mike Connolly on the team. Okay. Um, I think that – so. Mike Connolly is a huge sign. Connolly is a flipping great player. He's a great passer, although he's never averaged more than eight assists in his entire career, which is bizarre because he's a, he's an elite passer. Um, actually it might be more than six. I can't remember one of the two. I'll look that up, but, um, he's an elite passer, elite defender, has a really good, really great basketball IQ. And he's a knockdown shooter too. Great player, great point guard. He's right on the cusp of, he's the best non all-star point guard in the league. Correct. Um, might be better than a lot of all-star point guards in the league or a couple all-star point guards in the league. Donovan Mitchell though, this January, they had, they had a couple of point guards go down. So Donovan Mitchell played a lot of, a lot of time at the point guard position. Mitchell is great at, he's super herky jerky, super great at inside dump off passes like Russ does super great at running the pick and roll. That's where he has scored the majority of his points in the month of January where he was playing heavy, heavy um, point guard minutes he averaged 27 points on 45% from the from the field, 41% from the three-point line, um, five assists, and he also posted his second lowest turnover month besides the five-game April month. So you think he his natural position is more so point guard? Dude, I would I would have if I had watched him the way that I know that their front office is watching him um, throughout the entire year. I would have at least pitched um, as a if I was a basketball GM. I would have at least pitched. Let's let this guy run free in the point guard and go for somebody besides Mike Connolly. Yeah, I was about to say, then you don't get Connolly because he can't run the two. He's my height. So you yeah. got to go out in there and get, you know, maybe like a Jimmy skill set to go play the two. Yeah. And they have I Donovan. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. They, they have Donovan Mitchell listed at 6'3. If that's true, and if Steph Curry's true, that's the same size as Steph Curry. Right. You know, so it's, it's Mitchell's not a big small. guy. It's just because he's a little more muscular and really athletic that he can play bigger than 6'3, but he's not a huge guy. Right. Dude has a 40 inch vertical and he, that that's the issue with Connolly um, is the same size as same size as Donovan Mitchell. 
Really? Um, I was thinking he was like six one. Yeah. I think so. I think they're both they're both embellishing a little bit. Let, let um, me ask you this though. I think so I, Mitchell's about six six one as well. Honestly, I'm really really high on yeah one. I'm really high on Utah starting lineup. So you're rolling out Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Ingles, uh, and Gobert, yeah. or maybe yeah. they're bringing Ingles off the bench. Either way, I really like their their first six guys in their rotation. Mm-hmm. But I think you may be a little higher on them as far as where they're going to finish in the West because I don't trust the bench at all. Um, I actually I actually have them – I said fourth when I spoke to Justin about this. I think I'm going to downgrade them to fifth in the West. Fifth, okay. I have okay. them over the Lakers, but I'm going to put the Lakers over them now. I have the Lakers competing a lot. I think Vegas has the Lakers at 51 and a half. Is that right? Yeah, La- Lakers are the, f- are the favorite. Them and the Clippers are the favorite to win. I have the – fourth in my west power rankings which I, I just don't i just can't get my head around how people think the lakers are are gonna be the favorite i understand the thought of they're gonna compete because you have two of the six best players in the world but i just don't see that my, so i'll just i'll just we'll do this now and we'll see what you are my power ranking the west so houston one which okay. is a hot take two i got denver three who'd you have us two clippers Clippers. So I went Houston, Clippers, Denver, Lakers, Utah, Portland. Okay. I think that's that. I think, and then it, I think there's a drop off after those. Yeah, Portland, Portland eight, Portland six, Portland six. six. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying those are the those are my top six. I think it's a hard drop off. If you want me to round off the uh, the Western Conference, you know, I don't want to be too much of a homer here. But I do think that the Mavericks have a chance to slide into that seven or eight spot. I do too. Uh, you know, a lot of it's going to obviously depend on KP. But I would go ahead and slide them in at the at the seven, and then at the eight spot, it's going to be tough. I think you know who I'm really high on this year. I, I think Sacramento might find a way to make it in the playoffs with Luke Walton running the show. Dude, honestly, Sacramento showed me a lot of good things last year. A lot of good things. Um, Aaron so- Fox. Is- how I feel about him. I think he's going to be an all-star. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and this year, you're saying De'Aaron Fox is going to be an all-star this year? Uh, we, we talked about this last show. There's too many good guards in the West. If he was in the East, he'd already be an all-star. There's just too many good guards in the West, but I think he will warrant all-star consideration. I think he'll be a 23-8 and eight kind of guy. 23-8? I mean, look yeah. at his – look at the jump he made from his rookie year to last year. His his percentage assistant turnover ratio was good. Uh, you don't hear anything good, uh, anything about him off the court. You know, he's staying straight laced. And you only hear good things about his leadership as well. Having him with Heald and uh, Bagley, and then you bring in a few veterans like Ariza. I, you know, I think that that team can mess around and be the eighth seed. The only other thing is is, is Golden State. I would yeah. actually probably slide Golden State at eight and, and Sacramento at nine. That just seems like the most Sacramento thing to happen. Golden State. I could have them going as high as six, honestly. Uh, dude, I think we're about to see another MVP season from Curry. Um, I think Vegas has Vegas has Giannis as MVP favorite for the next two years. Should be. Um, but, dude, the things that Curry – that 2016 season with Curry might have been the best NBA season by anybody not named Wilt Chamberlain of all time. Right. Or not named Jordan. Uh, dude, it was – that it was, was insane. It, he took the most – took the most uh, threes in the league and was the highest 
uh, three-point percentage, I believe, in the league, or he was at least top five. Like, that's crazy, bro. Um, and he so – I think we're going to see another year like that. I think there's only three guys just carry in the league. There's only three guys that can win MVP next year in my mind because of the teams that are on, the wins they'll have, and the amount they'll need to produce, and that's Giannis, Steph, and Jokic. Those are the Jokic three. Jokic is your other one? You think the Jokic will win an MVP? Dude, he was in the conversation this year. I think I he think, absolutely could. I think that – so let me let me preface this with See, I tend to enough. value people. Exactly. I value people a lot based upon their overall game. I think that MVP voters value people based upon scoring. Right. So my top two, and I think it's a two-man conversation, obviously, is just Stefan Stefan Giannis. Um, and if it weren't for the fact that Giannis is going to come back at three thirty-five percent three-point line and average thirty-plus, twelve-plus, and and six-plus, I would say hands down Steph. But Steph, I think I think he's going to blow blow it up, and they're get they're going to get him the sixth seed. Plus, Clay is most likely going to come back and. April, March, April. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So March would be hurry back. I would say there is no chance that I'm bringing back Clay Thompson. Depend where they stand, and, and we've talked about this before. D'Angelo Russell has so much to gain here. Yeah, you're probably not going to play your four year contract there, but take time to learn the best shooter of all time. Take turn time to learn from another six three guy that is taking the league by storm. Learn his habits of what he does to prepare his body, what he does to to with his craft and his shot. I think. Yeah. I think D'Lo has a lot to gain here. So give me – so run through your eight, and I'll, I'll reiterate mine one more time for you just real quickly. Houston, Clippers, uh, Denver, Lakers, Utah, Portland. I'm going to go Golden State seven and then Dallas eight and, and leave the Kings fringed at the nine. Okay. Um, so I got one Nuggets, two Clippers, three Lakers – Four Houston, five Jazz. Shoot, dude, I don't want the Jazz that low. Um, hold up. God, <laughs> now, this is it, so hard, dude. This, are you, we're talking about regular season records, correct? Regular season records. Okay. Yeah. Because if we're talking about competing for the playoffs, then I would I would put Clippers one, and then like to win a championship in Houston too. I would swap that, but yeah, just with you know Paul George having the injury coming back and Kawhi going to be on load management, all all you know just giving you an aneurysm the whole season. <laughs> I, I'm going jazz. I'm going jazz six. Or no, I'm going jazz five. I'm sorry. I'm just going jazz five. <laughs> Golden State six. Am I about to leave the Spurs out of the I think I'm about to leave the Spurs out. I'm leaving them um, out. Sacramento and then Dallas. No, Sacramento Spurs. I got I got I gotta leave out Dallas over the okay. Spurs. Sacramento Spurs. Um I'm telling you, man, you're gonna be I think if Luca takes that step, Dallas is in the playoffs. Because I dude, think KP's gonna be 80 to 85% of himself. Like, I think he's going to be good, but he's not going to be 2016 KP all of a sudden. Maybe by 2020 he will. But I think Luke is going to really – I think he's going to do something crazy this year. I'm going like – my prediction for him is like 24, 8, and 8 with like an 85, 45, 38 split. 24, 8, and 8 with – that's pretty crazy. He went, I, he I went have, 21, 8, and 6 and a half last year. Yeah off that split okay actually 85 free throw i'm gonna pull back on that because his free throw was a little shaky last year he's like 71 he's a heck of a shooter dude he could i mean he could bring it up to 80 percent. yes um which lebron for some reason never got down his free throws doesn't make any sense to me but i kind of see luca going into a sophomore slump um i think that we got to get some we got to get some we got to get some kind of odds on this if anyone's going into a sophomore slump it's it's going to be 
Aiton, Bagley, Trey Young, it ain't Luca, man. Yeah, I I just whenever you have a player that is he's not one dimensional, but he is hindered and his ceiling isn't as high. Like players that have super high ceilings almost always go into a sophomore slump because their ceilings are based upon their athleticism and players do, and teams just key on that. But Luca's Luca is built upon craftiness and upon shooting. And I think that players or teams are going to have a lot more film on him and be able to see how he's crafty. And they're going to combat that. And then he'll have to combat, take another year to combat that. I think that I, next year is his super breakout all-star year. I think we're looking at sophomore slump for you. I think he's going to be an all-star this year because the biggest thing is it's, it's his skill sets there. I mean, we all agree on oh, that. For sure. Yeah. Got to get the baby fat off. He's got to become a better athlete. He's got to be like an NBA player with diet and all that. And everything I've been reading is just about how he's just he's doing insane amounts of cardio and yoga and all this new stuff in his diet. So he's just going to come back in like LeBron level shape is what they're making it sound like. So if he does that, I think that can, can prevent the the sophomore slump. But teams are going to keep yeah. on him more. But perfect because I want KP getting open threes. I want Seth Curry getting open threes. You know we got we got some guys that can shoot now. Yeah, yeah, you do. Speaking of guys that can shoot, is I think the Lakers might be underrated. Please don't. Underrated? How? Underrated. I think they might be underrated because – and this might just be Somewhere the I could that Justin I know. I, dude, I, he, I know he is. I know he's sensing it in his mind. They're not, they're not underrated. They're so, I think they're overrated, but – I think that Vegas has them has them correct. But be, I think I may think that they're underrated just because everybody I talk to go, yeah, they're not going to win 51 games. There's no way. And that might just be my circle of people. I don't know what the broad, broad. I don't think they're going to win fifty-one, but it wouldn't. It, I think they'll be close to that. But here's what they quietly did. First off, you got LeBron, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, those big, loud ones. They quietly then at kept Kyle Kuzma, big deal, big deal, because he was the it's only person that entire. Yeah, and they, he was the only person that could probably stand in the corner and knock down threes, besides maybe Josh Hart. He was the um, only guy that's comfortable being on the floor with LeBron and letting LeBron be a leader and not being like – you can see those other guys like, oh, shit, LeBron James is yelling at me, like uncomfortable right. and like just looking in my eyes like, yeah, let's go, man. That's because he's from it's Flint. He's like, at least I'm not drinking that water, right? <laughs> Dude, he's like, this is a lot better than going back to Michigan, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they signed Avery Bradley, um, Quinn Cook, and Danny Green. Those guys all shoot 40-plus percent. So Danny Green's a huge, huge sign because he can play. The, the Avery Bradley, even though he's an awful offense player at this point in his career, they needed somebody that could play defense because when the, we they initially were putting this team together, he, he was one of their last signs, I think. And I told Justin, I was like, who's going to guard Steph Curry or Damian Lillard or James Harden? Who's, who's their guard that's guarding these guys? Like Danny Green's a good defensive player, but he can't guard these guys at this point in his career. Avery Bradley's that guy. Dude, I like that sign. Roster do you – what kind of starting lineup do you put together? Like these, you're going to have to really figure out these rotations, and I think that's going to take 20 or 30 games because, you know, you're going to have McGee and uh, Boogie as true fives out there, but you can't always do that in today's NBA and run true fives. And is there going to be spots where you run LeBron at point, but is that going to wear him down too much? You know, where does Kuzma fit in? Can he play two, three, and four? I mean, it's just it's a lot of weird stuff you got to figure out in the rotation. I like the roster, but I – don't trust Frank Vogel to put it together at least until the all-star break. That's why I have hesitations on them winning 50 games, even though going in the playoffs, you have LeBron James. So you have a hell of a shot. 
I, I trust Vogel more than I do Luke Walton just because of tenure. I, I think that Luke Walton has a good head on his shoulders, but Vogel's mm-hmm. the, Vogel did some amazing things with those Pacer teams. Yeah, he did take those um, Pacer teams pretty far who, you know, quite frankly, didn't have the most talent. But the talent they were playing against was dog shit compared to this Western Conference. So Vogel hasn't really been in any situation where he's had to outcoach somebody. And if it comes down to him having to outcoach a, a Doc Rivers or a Pop or – Carlisle or some of these Western Conference guys, it's going to be rough. They went blow for blow with LeBron James and when he was in Cleveland, too, and and in Miami. So, I mean, like, I can understand where you're coming from, but they also signed Jared Dudley, who can knock down threes. Um, I, I just, they've got every brother. Me, first of all, no, he, he can't, but he's, but all you got to do is have somebody coming in in the seventh <laughs> man and just receive yeah. shot or receive passes and knock down shots. Every Bradley shot. 38% from the field, or from the three-point line last year. Danny Green shot 45. What did Quinn Cook shoot? Quinn Cook shot, uh, I'm sure, high 30s, low yeah, 40s. Danny yeah. Green shot 45, 46%. He's a hell of a shooter. There's no doubt. It's a good sign, but I guess it all comes down to who who and where is LeBron James at this point in his career. I still – Quinn Cook shot 40%. Go ahead. There you go. I heard Bill Simmons say he has LeBron James the seventh best player in the league coming into this season. I think that's insane. I think it's absolutely insane. I think LeBron is, with an injured KD, the second best player in the league. Okay, third. If you want to put Giannis and Kawhi ahead of him, that's fine. He's, he's definitely a top three player. And I think he's getting slept on way too much of him this him being old. Dude, this guy takes insane care of his body. He has one or two more years in his tank of being a freak athlete, and he picks and chooses his time. So you can show me all these videos of him – you know, taking plays off on defense and being lazy, which he's been doing for three or four years now since he left Miami, and say that he's aging. It, that's that's not the case. He's just picking and choosing correctly because he knows the time is is dwindling. But when it's time to really turn it up, he's going to. And he's playing with, I've said it before, the best player he's ever played with, and it's not even close. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, advanced metrics put LeBron in the top 40% of defensive players last year, to be honest right. with you, or de- defensively. Like, that's... And people, we we saw a couple of a couple of videos where LeBron took time off, or he got shoved by Kyle Kuzma out to a shooter. But people don't realize that the Lakers were switching literally everything, switched everything, everything. And so, what would happen a lot of those times when LeBron James was taking time off was LeBron was the closest guy to to the person that scored, but it was a switch that was that was supposed to put Josh Hart onto somebody, and there was Correct. he had so many young people on them that they don't know. They don't always make the right decision. LeBron took a lot less plays off last year than he did. There was one, the one, I don't know if you watched that video that I sent you. Did you watch the video I sent you on LeBron yes, James yeah, defense? I did. That yeah, was yeah. mind blowing to me because the the video that made LeBron's defense go viral where I can't remember who it was, but he shot a sh- he shot and LeBron James just turned around and everybody knows what I'm talking about because it was like, we saw it on ESPN 500 times, but LeBron t- turns around and watches the ball go in the rim and he kind of puts his hands up. And he looks at the other players and and everybody was like, he's blaming his teammates. That was 100% his fault. He's not even playing defense. But it turns out that that guy actually shot 26% from the three-point line right, and just right. happened to drill a shot, you know? So LeBron has always been like that where he's a mind – he's the most intelligent player in basketball. He so what you're telling me is that LeBron James knows more than these guys putting these YouTube clips together about <laughs> very players? Very much. Oh, he also knows a thousand times more than Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons is probably my favorite, my favorite guy that puts out any type of thing. But for him to put LeBron James at seventh, bro, who do you you even have in front of him at seventh? I love Bill Simmons. He's my favorite podcast guy. I love. I like what the Ringer does. 
He's a little anti-LeBron, though, so that's just all that that is. Dude, all... That's just, that's just Bostonian and him being a little anti-LeBron, and there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. But that's what... The, you can't convince me six players are better than LeBron James. That's just fucking ridiculous. I think that besides Brian Windhorst, all of the heavy analytical guys are besides LeBron... or are anti-LeBron James because you just talk... Like, it gets boring. Say, christening this guy the greatest player of all time for the past 30 years. Like, he's... It gets boring talking about LeBron James all the time, but and you take for granted the greatness that he does. Dude, that we're he at the, we're at a great, great crosshairs to be producing content and, and following a sport that we love because we're watching the LeBron James era come to a close, and it's excellent that LeBron is still a top five player while everybody else relevant in his era is out of the league or yeah. shadow of themselves. And we're ushering this, in this. Go ahead. Look at what Carmelo looks like now. Yeah, exactly. Look at what Wade looks like now, dude. They were in the same draft class. They're getting their knees in the league anymore. Chris Wash. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you're so let's actually, go through that. Let's go through those top five picks. There was, yeah. it was LeBron was number one. Milicic was number two. Carmelo Anthony was number three. Chris Bosh was number four. Four, I think, and then no, Dwayne Wade was number four, and like Chris Bosh was like those guys are all out of the league, all and LeBron's still top five player, undisputably a top five player. Anybody that says opposite is wrong, um, and possibly top three. Top and there's three more years left on his deal. Like he's still doing his thing, man, and it's just this is a testament to how he takes care of his body. But I, I like that we're still having that era, and then you have like the KD, Russ, Harden kind of era and then you have the new guys coming in who i love the new guys attitude and guess what we're nba is a cycle man they're big men even though Giannis is a hybrid big man you got Giannis, you got Embiid, you got Jokic. i love the when we have a bunch of good big men like they did like the 90s right Dude. and um it's, yeah. it's gonna be really exciting watching this league transition over the next few years and even though it has been a little bit of chaos and anarchy yeah, and the rookies like Zion Williamson. I mean, we just got some crazy stuff going. Oh, Luka. I was talking about this year's rookies like right, DeAndre, Ayton, DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, and then Trey Young. Those five are all going to be superstars, mm-hmm. and they're all bigs yeah. except for Trey Young. Yeah, man, I, I really like the the direction the league's heading. Um, at the end of the day, this Western Conference with Kawhi coming back, man, it, we're just back to where we were five years ago where it's like it's it's varsity and jv man it just really is yeah. there's I, I i was telling Justin on our last episode josh i think if you look at my, my number 10 and 19 in the west that's i have the kings and the uh spurs in that slot i okay. think they could go four or five in the east either of those okay. teams jace yeah so east for me Really quick, do you see any problems between Giannis and Paul George playing – or not Giannis, but uh, Kawhi and Paul George playing together? In terms of just on the court, we're not talking personalities here, no, right? I, I think that, yeah. Kawhi doesn't have one. We're talking about on the court, right? Kawhi's that weird kid that hangs out <laughs> with you and laughs at everything you say is what Kawhi is. <laughs> no, um, I don't. I, I don't. I think it would have been an issue in 1994 or 2003, but – an issue in 2019 because it is essentially positionless basketball there's there's ball handlers wings and big men and they're both elite wings that can they've both developed three-point shots they've both become better shooters as, as their careers have gone on they both can isolate in key moments they're both terrific long defenders and neither of them are selfish kind of guys in my yeah. opinion um, they have relatively good shot selection Paul George got a little wild last year but that's probably just rubbing off on him I, I don't see any issues there I think that's the elite like 
I'd love having them as my two, three or my three, four, depending if you're going big or small, just gives you so much versatility. And guess what? Kawhi, Hey, you're a little tired today or you're a little banged up. You can guard the second best player on the team. He's never had that luxury in his life. And Paul George has not either. Maybe even third with Patrick Beverly there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's dude, that's a great point. So it's like, Hey, Kawhi, you know, your quad's a little banged up and we're playing, uh, let's say they're playing golden state later in the year when clay's back. Well, you know, we'll let we'll let Pat guard Steph. We'll let Paul George guard Clay, and then you can go. You know, guard Draymond. Like, there's no other scoring options. Or whoever they're throwing in the yeah. corner, you know, to, as a distraction. So you can give them some rest that way. Yeah, their defense and Montrez Harrell. That guy's a freak athlete. He is. I'm really excited for their defense. They they may be the best defensive team in the league next year. Yeah, they will be. Uh, them are the Bucks. I think um, Sixers will be up there too, but they're definitely top three. Um, Let's talk Boston's up there too. I don't know. Yeah, they may be. <laughs> Dude, um, Sixers lineup. I can't get over that height. Like, like I don't even. I'm six one. I don't think I'm tall enough to be their freaking towel boy, man. Like you you've seen CJ McConnell play out there, right? Yeah, that's true. So that's your. That's you. <laughs> you can go out there and play at six one. I love um, how like you just look like a, like you're a large human being when you shake your hand. It's like this guy's a pretty big guy, and then it's like, oh wait, no, this guy's just like Steph Curry size. Yeah, I'm like Steve Nash's size. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Like people always like Anna will be like watching, watching basketball with me. And she'll be like, who's that little guy? I'm like, that little guy is my size, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, East side. So let me give you my top eight. This is going to be hard. Uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Ah, Milwaukee, Uh, Philly, Boston. Um, I'm going to go. Indiana. Yeah, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Indiana. With or without the question mark? That's what. That's without the question mark now, because <laughs> uh, they got a big sign too. Um, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Brogdon. Indiana, Brogdon, exactly. Um, Detroit, <laughs> Orlando, Raptors. So much conviction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was. So you you put Philly ahead of Boston, right? Because. I did. I came. I thought Boston first, and then I came back to Philly. Well, Even gotta, Kemba's gotta, a nice sign. I think that Kemba will work out better than Kyrie. hundred percent. But you got to remember that Philadelphia does have the Messiah on their team. <laughs> ben <laughs> okay. Simmons is that who you're referring to? A ten minute Ben Simmons rant today, but I'm doing it right now. I got I, I, my top four are the same. I got Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Indi- Indiana. Because I think Vic will come back healthy. You got Brogdon. I like. Uh, Miles Turner. I like. I, I just think they have a good team. Well coached by me. Um, yeah. This, you know, five, six, seven, eight. It gets kind of dicey. Uh, five. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna stay on a train that Justin kind of got me on with Orlando making some quietly nice moves. Uh, I'm gonna go Orlando at five. Okay. I'm gonna go uh, Detroit at six. I think Brooklyn slides in uh, with Kyrie added in there at seven. Uh, and then at eight, man, go a lot of different, a lot of different ways here. Uh, at eight, I would probably have to slide in. Mm, mm, mm. I'm gonna go to the Hawks. I'm gonna go to the yeah. Hawks. I, I want to see Trey Young make that jump. They got, they got Herner. They got John Collins. They got some young guys. You know what I'm excited in, about in the East is I'm excited to see an entire year of Blake Griffin without him having yes. in a in a locker room that doesn't have an old pentagram carved out on the floor by chris paul 
I'm excited <laughs> to see that. Um, see him have an entire year in Detroit with his own team without having to live in the shadow of Chris Paul. Um, I also, dude, let me let me pose this to you. Top three teams East: Milwaukee, Philly, Boston. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, however you want to, however you want to do it. Top three teams in the West: um, Clippers, Los Angeles, maybe Denver. I, 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 you got to say Houston to me. Houston, okay, Houston. Houston. Is the East better than the West? Top three, top three? Nope. You don't think so? No, because, I mean, I just think you're higher on Milwaukee than I am because if I had to rank those, I would say three of the top four are in the West. I I give Milwaukee the nod. But, see, if it comes down to a playoff series, I think I'm taking any of those West teams over Milwaukee. Really? Certainly both Los Angeles teams because of the, the championship pedigree. I would give you the, the two Los Angeles teams, but right. I think the Houston. Milwaukee would five game, six game Houston. Well, here's the thing. Is Capella a no-show or does Capella turn into this really good, really elite athletic rim running rim protector that we know he can be? He's got Giannis guarding him, so he's a no-show. <laughs> well, that's why I guess I think if you throw the bodies, I think the combination just in a hypothetical series of P.J. Tucker throwing a little weight on him and then yeah. Capella challenging him at the rim, because we saw Siakam somewhat be able to challenge him at the rim, and Ibaka put some put some pressure on him with the strength. Yeah, I think that's a decent combination to come at him. I think P.J. Tucker is such a underrated part of that the, te- the success of that team. He's a heck of a defender, dude. He can heck guard so many different types of players. Since we're on the love train, and my heart's already palpitated for Giannis right now, did you see what he said about, uh, about the Grease team? I did, but I want you to go. I, I know this means a little. This means so much to me. He said he would trade his MVP for a for a uh, FIBA World Championship for Greece. And I and I love that about him too. Dude, I love that. because this is becoming an international sport, and it's part of the reason Justin and I talk about it a lot. And I think you're kind of on this train, Josh, is that the tra- trajectory for the NBA is better than the NFL. He hasn't clipped it yet. It's an international sport, and Dude, I agree. Uh, people, you know, people in China are already so bought into it. But when you have players like Jokic or uh, Giannis coming from these European countries, that's bringing a whole other element to it. And um, I really like seeing stuff like that. And I love seeing guys compete. If, dude, if Greece beats USA, because we don't have the greatest team over there, if Greece beats USA because Giannis just rips everyone's heart out and goes for 50, he's going to be my new fa- I'm getting a Giannis alternative jersey. Dude, you might be my favorite player right now. <laughs> but um, I, and I, I agree 100%. I think the best thing for basketball is for Toronto to have won the championship last year. We, got, right. we, have, a, we have a world championship now, right? There's yep. more that you, like NFL can claim world championships because we're the only freaking country that does it, you know? But now every, every year it's a world championship because the best players play here. And there's a team that has won a championship, not in the U.S. There was people saying, uh, if Trump doesn't want him, go visit Justin Trudeau. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you should d- take off the first part of that. Go visit Trudeau. I don't care about his politics. Go visit Trudeau because you won a championship for Canada. Exactly. Like, in, this, in the nation of Canada, let's make this a world sport. It's better for you. Just go visit him, you know? So yep. I don't care about politics. I just want it to be a world sport, and I think that's a big deal. Dude, I, c- I couldn't agree more with that. Dude, I, I'm looking at this USA roster, by the way. We might not. We might not win this FIBA championship. It's tough, dude. Have you have you looked at the roster yet? I mean, I know that they they I haven't like looked at the comprehensive roster. Um, I would but, say our best players, like our starting lineup, we're gonna roll Kimba and De'Aaron Fox probably as your guards, and then uh, I would say Jalen Brown and PJ Tucker maybe, and then Miles Turner at the five. There were a couple people that I saw assigned to the to the FIBA roster, and I was like, yikes, we must have been. 
must have been hurting like Brooke Lopez is on there. That dude's that Mason dude's thirty one. <laughs> Mason Plumley we have on there. They got uh Chris Middleton though, he'll drop fifty on somebody. Oh Joel yeah, they do have Middleton. Middleton would, would be starting on there. That's true. That's a good point. You got four Celtics on there though. So yeah, you do. Get a little chemistry built up there, but and uh three guys representing Texas, which is nice. But yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be one of those where we might lose just because we just don't care as much. Yeah, I could agree with that, man. Um, I'm Kyle Kuzma's there. Kyle Lowry's there. Yeah, I, I could see, I could see Greece doing it. I need to look up Greece's. Uh, see if there's any other names on Greece. Do you have Greece's roster by any chance? No, I mean I know Giannis's. Uh, Giannis's brother is probably on the team. That's really the only two people that I could probably pick out there. But yeah, I think this is uh, going to be another another potential MVP season for Giannis. I mean, we talked about it earlier. I, I think it's three man race. You think it's a two man race, but dude, I'm really excited to see if Giannis could just do something insane this year and go for like, is it out of the question? 30, 14 and nine, like something just outrageous oh, like that. I think the nine, the nine assists might be out of the question. Um, but dude, 30, I don't know, man. I mean, the way he drives and kicks. Yeah. Greece has Nick Calathis on there. Do you remember him? He was dude, from, he played at Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. But there's always the Argentina or the Spain team that comes out of nowhere, and you're like, "Oh, holy shit!" They actually have a lot of really good veterans that are just going to beat up all of our 21 year old players. Yeah, Spain is just five Gasol brothers. It's their little, their <laughs> three other little kids. Oh, oh man, that's great, man. So overall, I mean, I think you know we've done our we've done our predictions. These are kind of early off season overreactions. We'll come back at the beginning of the year and see where we're at and get our official predictions. But before we wrap up your NBA final preview, you had to choose it on, on August, August so 11th. For me, bucks, bucks, no brainer. And just because I'm going double Homer here, Giannis Homer, LeBron Homer. That's my finals preview. I'm doing it. So you got bucks, Lakers, bucks, I'm Lakers. Gonna, I'm going to do one. I'm going to go Philly Clippers. Philly Clippers. Okay. Really quick, before we wrap up, um, as many of you all noticed, we now have a new sponsor. It's audible.com. Wanted to bring it back to your attention that you can go to audibletrial.com slash SLM. Get a free 30-day trial for uh, for signing up. Um, I personally use Audible. I've been using it for about four years now. I have read many NBA books on it here. Actually, originally, I downloaded it, Kyle, because I was going to get really cultured. And then I downloaded, and then I was like scrolling through, and there was a Star Wars book, and I downloaded one, then nerded out for like three months on different Star Wars books. So there's just about every book under the sun. Um, Audible, if you're listening, please get Bill Simmons' Big Book of Basketball on there. I would love that. But other than that, man, I've read some Kobe books. I've read some Phil Jackson books on there. All Everything they have, fantastic. And it's like watching a movie. Um, they'll have voice actors. Fantastic. So check it out at audibletrial.com slash SLM. We'll give you a free 30-day trial if you sign up there. Dude, yeah, it's 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 a service you got to take advantage of. I'm actually uh just finished watching the rewatching the Sopranos, uh, doing the Sopranos sessions by Alan Sippenwall from Rolling Stone. Uh, just commute to work, uh, traveling to visit family. It's been a fantastic service. So you guys go check it out. It's audibletrial.com uh, backslash uh, sensibly loud media or SLM actually. Uh, but definitely take advantage of that and. Guys, we're going to have to uh, figure out a way we can uh, maybe get to a game this year. I know, Josh, we had done a little bit of talking. If we could put it in the cards, it would be amazing to go see uh, Clippers, Lakers uh, at some point this year. And you should the, know uh, by now that I'm 100% talk. 
You'll say, you'll say. Josh is just going to – you're going to make us drive through New Mexico and Arizona and go <laughs> in some godforsaken place. We're just never going to return on our way out there. True, true. You'll say, hey, it's time to go watch this Lakers game. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But, yeah, man, we'll put a, get together a trip this year where we can do some uh, some live recordings and be, be in the same room and uh, do a live reaction. If we, if we do make it to a Clippers-Lakers game, though, we'll have to uh, – spend our life savings on the uh, nosebleed seats though because those are going to be pretty pricey this year yeah, but it should I be a lot of that. fun yeah for real but, yeah i'm sure we'll uh, we'll be coming back later uh, in a, another week or so guys we'll be breaking down um at some point we're going to do a little breakdown of each individual team we'll probably do maybe three to four teams per episode i uh, really do a deep dive of their key acquisitions and departures and then of course later in september we're going to have the uh the official on the break top 30 all time coming to you once we hash out our differences there Um, But until next week, uh, I think that'll wrap it up. Josh, later, man. See you, buddy.